If you are a Christian coach, speaker, or influencer, this is the right place. You're listening to the Keep Writing Podcast, a resource for biblical encouragement, spirit-led wisdom, and practical ideas as you answer God's calling to increase your authority by becoming an author. I'm Nika Maples, and I can help you write your next book so that you can take your business to the next level while advancing the kingdom and transforming people in Jesus' name. Anointed and appointed writers, you're in for a treasure, not just a treat, but a treasure today. So many people who come to me and they want coaching to be able to write their book, then they have that book published and they're like, well, now I want to deliver my message and have maximum impact with my readers. I truly feel like the best thing that an author can do is to also have a coaching practice. So if you've ever wondered how to become a coach, I want to introduce you to Kelly J. Kelly, I have a question for you. You are the coach's coach, so no better person could interview today. But I want to ask you, what's your coaching story? I read a little bit of your background at the Department of Justice at one time. Yes. Thank you for having me on the podcast today. Um, pretty much my coaching story is that of many of us that might be in your 30s, 40s, or 50s, that we were sold the American dream of go to college and get a good job and get married and have kids and buy a, a house with a white picket fence and all the things. And we were never sold anything other than that. And what I discovered along the journey in working for the Department of Justice, there was some other desires that my heart had. And I had another assignment in my life, and that was to help people get to their next level. And I found through trials and tribulations, coaching to be that thing. And so now I help everyday people, whether they have a degree or a certification or not, I help everyday people use whatever their story is to help someone who's currently going through that now. What do you wish more people knew about coaching? Oh, such a loaded question. (laughs) I wish they knew that this isn't something that you have to necessarily have a college degree for. I wish they knew that anyone can just start. I wish they knew that they're enough and that their story is enough and that whatever you may have gone through, if you're watching this right now, Whatever you may have gone through, it doesn't have to be in vain. Maybe you went through that thing and you're writing the book with Nika and whatnot. Maybe it it was for so many other people that you're meant to pull out of it. What if you were the one with that assignment? I believe you are. That's one thing I truly, truly, truly hang my hat on and could stand on the mountaintops and shout, do it. Now is your time. You're already ready. You're equipped. You're able. You're worthy. Yeah. I tell um, my writers, you you don't have to be an expert because that's what holds people back is this feeling that they have to be an expert. Like, I don't know if I'm qualified to write this book. So you don't have to be an expert. You just got to be a couple of steps ahead in line. Right. Just be a couple of steps ahead in line. You have something to share with the people that are following after you. And I feel like that's the same with coaching when you say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I tell people all the time, my, my boys are 13 and 15. But when they were three and five, the five-year-old taught the the three-year-old how to tie his shoes. Is the five-year-old a shoe tying expert? Absolutely not, right? (laughs) But could he teach the the three-year-old 
the basics of tying the shoe. Absolutely. And so as the five-year-old got better at tying his shoes and doing other things, he teaches the three-year-old how to do those things. And now they're 13 and 15. And it's still still the same thing. Is he coaching his older brother? In a semblance, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And he's only two years ahead of him. I have a lot of people that come to me in a who have been through a divorce, for example, and they now realize, hey, my story does not have to be in vain. And they coach women who are going through a divorce. Their certificate, their PhD is that they got through it sane. Think for a minute. If that's not you, just think for a minute. Would it help the person who has already overcome the divorce and is living their best life? Would it help them to talk to and coach the person that has not figured out how to get through sleepless nights, that has not figured out how to go back to work, that has not figured out how to work through his friends, my friends, and who were our friends, those types of things. So that is all it is. So tell me about the coaches that you coach. Are they beginning coaches? Are they seasoned coaches? How I really you- have, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I really have two different groups. I work with people who want to use their story, like I said, that don't know any of the things of how to start, how to set up their website, how to take payments, how to you know, structure their business, how to get on an enrollment call and facilitate that, um, how to put together a coaching program. So those are my beginner level people. I call those the aspiring coaches and I work with them in cohorts to get their first five paid clients. A lot of the people in that group have been coaching people, but not getting paid for it. They've been giving mm-hmm. advice. And although coaching is not advice, it's really asking questions in a particular way. And that's the skill set that you help them come to their own answers. So in that environment and in that coaching program, everybody's had less than five clients, zero to five clients. And then once they get to having their five clients, then they're eligible to apply to my next level program, which is teaching how to go from one-on-one to a group coaching business model. Because once they start getting clients, they'll figure out really quickly, this is taking up a lot of my time. And while I love coaching, I don't love not going to my son's football game or my daughter's ballet practice or recital. They get out of, I get them out of that one-to-one grind for time commitment and monetary cap because you can only charge so much, right? So I teach them how to go into the group coaching business model. But I don't, I don't let new coaches come and go immediately to group coaching. I haven't found that to be the best. So I, I work with the new and the seasoned. You gain so much skill so fast when you work one-on-one that yeah. you don't want to miss that period of time if you're a new right. coach. You don't want to just jump right into group because you're really sharpening your skills in that one-on-one setting so that you can be highly effective in a group. That is 1,000% true you'll get to know what are the common questions that people ask. So what should I put in my group coaching program? Where do people struggle from a skill set perspective and an emotional perspective? Two different things. That's a lot of things that a lot of coaches miss. They're just teaching the skill set, but you have to teach the mindset of the person trying to learn that skill set. So when you're working in that one-on-one environment, you're getting to know what all of those things are. So that when you do put people in a group, it's a better chemistry. 
Oh, then that chemistry, it's hard to put your finger on, you know, what it is, but you have chemistry and you're right. Once you learn to expect certain questions, you can kind of like, you expect their questions and you're already prepared with your questions in response to that. Right. You're able to tell them, oh, this is very common, you know, (laughs) and then you look like you're in control because you are in control and it just, it just works well. Right. And you're building something different because I guess in a one-on-one setting, you're building that trust and relationship between you and the client. As in a group setting, you have to learn how to build trust and relationship, facilitate them building that among another so that they'll be able to raise their hand and be coached in front of their peers. Right. Right. Okay. So I, I know that when I'm advised some of my writers like maybe she'd be a coach a lot of times they struggle with charging do you Mm. have some some things that you can give them as far as direction or to kind of when they think oh I don't know if I'm going to talk to somebody maybe it's just free advice I'm like listen you need to charge for your coaching and not just for your time but for your coaching yes not not just for your time but for your coaching your skill set listen when you when you are coaching someone you are giving them the shortcut to what you've already gone through, right? So that that cost, would that, going back to the example, would that divorced woman or woman going through a divorce, would she rather have two years worth of sleepless nights or would she like to pay a price to narrow that down to about three months? Like how would she pay? And is that $20? Is it 50? Is it a thousand? What is it? She wants out of that pain, you know, so you can absolutely charge for that. And and there is your time, especially if you're someone that's using your story and you've hired Nika to, you know, help you write that book. There is time. What if you want to go full time? What if you want to use your book as the lead in to become a coach? You can't go full time if you're charging someone Walmart prices, right? And the other thing too, is I tell my clients, I'm like, listen, when you start, You get to decide, do you want to be a Walmart brand or do you want to be a Neiman Marcus brand, Nordstrom's brand, Gucci brand, you know, Ferrari brand? What kind of brand do you want to be? Because everything that you do has to do with that. And and, and one tip I want to put there, too, is when you are the cheapest, no one expects you to be the best. And when you're the best, no one expects you to be the cheapest. Uh And you are the best at what you do because you're the only one with your unique story. To, to frame it as they're paying for the shortcut. Mm-hmm. They're paying for access to your perspective as a coach. They just want to get near to find out, okay, how do you see this? What would you do here? And that is more value. We, we can't think in terms of being paid for our time. Because then we just minimize it. Oh, well, you know, we remember what we were paid when we were a teacher. We remember what we were paid when we were whatever profession. It's like, no, no, no. You got a clean slate. You get to decide what you want to charge because you're your own boss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not answering to what somebody else says is the cap. If you want to be Gucci, you can do that. Mm-hmm. And, and and know this, when you when you get into the coaching field, every yes lives in the land of no. So and again, I want to write (laughs) people are so scared of the no. But if you operate like how many no's can I get, then you're not scared of the no. Every yes lives in the in the land of no. 
if if you go into it knowing it could be a no, then no is okay. No is not a bad thing. No is space for the next person to come in. And you want to work with people who are energetically ready anyway. Right. So if they say no, or for, for me personally, if they even have to think about it, it's a no for me at that point. Because mm-hmm. I want people that are are just energetically leaning in to I'm ready for this. This is what I'm doing. Let's go. Because if you got to drag people in, what I learned early on is when you have to drag them in, you also have to drag them around. <laughs> if you, you know what I'm talking about, Nika. Yes, it's can, you, can you speak on it just a little bit? <laughs> yeah, it's exhausting. Um, it's exhausting. You think that they're going to be ready once they get into my room, once they get into my coaching program, they're going to be ready. And it's like, if they weren't ready, that was up to them. It wasn't up to me to make decisions for them. I, I want to coach them when they are ready. And then we can yeah. go along. Yes, it's, it's like dating a guy. Now I've been married 25 years, but I do coach a lot of people. So I know these, these little things. It's like dating a guy and thinking that he's going to change or that you're going to change them. They are who they are. They are who they are. Right. So you love who they are. Yes, everyone changes and evolves as we get older and whatnot. But the core of who someone is. You know, um, when I was first coaching and you and you you mentioned enrollment calls. So people who are brand new to the idea of coaching, one of the things you're going to have to do is um, have an enrollment call, have that conversation with somebody who's looking to buy. They're deciding if they want to work with you. And sometimes at first, those calls can feel maybe intimidating. Then they become really fun. If they even have to think about it, it's a no for me. Because I have grown into that mentality as well. And in fact, I have written down somewhere, I don't have to chase people. I'm worthy of pursuit. And I love being pursued by my best people. Yes. Your best clients are waiting for you. Yeah, they're waiting. Let, if somebody is hesitating, let them go on their way and hesitate yeah. and figure it out. And you get to the people that are waiting. Yes. And it doesn't mean that those people who are hesitating won't be back. Maybe they're just not close enough to their pain yet. But yeah. when, people, when you allow people in your program who aren't ready yet, then you have a bunch of people on the line. That used to be me years ago when I took on the mentality of I'm only going to work with people who are just energetically a heck yeah. Then I got a lot of action takers in my community and it just turned things around. The whole community is better. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good. Why is it important for coaches to have a coach? That's loaded because nobody has it all figured out. Everyone on the planet has blind spots. All of us have blind spots that we can't see. So in hiring a coach, they are that third-party arbitration where they can see your blind spots and having a relationship with your coach is important because you need to be able to hear what they're going to tell you. And sometimes it's not something that you necessarily want to hear, uh-uh. right? You know what I'm talking about? It's not intuitive. You know, sometimes we we have to have hard conversations with our clients, but they're conversations in love to help them get better. So if if you are a coach and you don't have someone in your ear and in your corner telling you things that will help you get better, then you're stagnant. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you don't, to me, it's, it, you're not, you're not aligned. You're not morally aligned if you are accepting clients, but you're not a client of someone. Absolutely. You're you out can, of alignment. 
You can't sell what you won't buy. That and price. If, mm-hmm. if you if you want to have a $10,000 program, that is fine. If you want to have a $50,000 program, that's fine. But don't charge someone what you haven't paid. Mm-hmm. You're out of integrity. You're out of in lo- alignment. Yeah. Don't be accepting new clients and you're not a client of someone. You're out of integrity. You're out of alignment. Exactly. So we yeah. all have things we could be working on. I have I have several coaches and people will say, why do you have more than one coach? Because I understand that they give me something different. You know, one might be a mindset coach. I have one that's a sales coach. I have one that's a strategy coach. And I'm good with paying their price. Mm-hmm. It helps me be a better me and a better coach. One of my very first coaches, she, she said, I dream about the next coach I'm going to have. I have a, a little collection of coaches in any given year. <laughs> And like, I almost daydream about my next coach. I'm going to, I'm going to get that one. I'm going to, you get in this program. I can't wait to find out about that program. And I was like, what is she talking about? You (laughs) You didn't get it then, right? I did not. And now I'm like, oh, I love my coaches. And I I can't wait. I like look on the horizon for what is the next thing I need to to learn. And when, when you have somebody come alongside you, you just learn it faster. It becomes luxurious to learn instead yes. of labor to learn. And when people are first starting out building their business, it's a labor to learn. It's like, when am I going to get it? And they don't realize that there will never come a day when they stop learning, but there will come a day when it's not labor, it's luxury. It's a luxury to learn. That's the one I need to be writing down. I love that. <laughs> you write that down really quick. <laughs> luxury. If you know that you'd pay to go from labor to luxury, then why would you not allow someone to pay you to go from labor to luxury? That's why they pay. Going back a couple of questions, right? Yeah, exactly. That's why you can charge what you want to charge is because that person wants to pay for it. And there are some people who, if they hear your price and it's too low, they're like, that happened to me at one time. That's me. I'm a premium buyer. (laughs) If it's too low, I automatically think it's not going to work. Right. And it's it's funny, but it doesn't entice someone to buy when it's too low. It actually repels them. The right, the right person. The right person. The right, the right person. It it yeah. repels them because I'm like, this isn't gonna work, or she or he doesn't know his worth. Right. So that you like <laughs> they can't help me in the level I'm wanting to be helped because they don't even know their own worth. No, we have an opportunity that our parents and aunties and uncles, they didn't have these opportunities. Right. But mostly because they were formed in this idea of you're paid for your time. Just when when you're formed and that's hardened in your thoughts that you're paid for your time. Well, then when they hear a premium price that somebody would pay to be part of a program or have an experience, it's like all they think of is how many hours that adds up to, you know? Right, right. In, In this internet age, when we have contact with clients around the world, and we're being paid for our skill and our perspective and our experience. And creativity. Right, creativity. It, it's like the possibilities are endless. So we look, you're exactly right. So many people will turn to someone that is a trusted loved one. And it might be that they're not the best one to advise you on this thing. Right. Don't necessarily lean heavily on advice from someone that you wouldn't trade places with. I will say that. Right. Okay. You can trade financial places with them. That might not be your first line of advice. Right. Know? Right. But yeah. That's, that's so good. So if you could go back and give yourself advice at the very beginning of your coaching experience, 
what would you what would you advise yourself? Hmm, that's loaded. A couple of things. One would be know your worth because when I first started, I was coming out of that time for money mentality. Um, I was I was willing to invest a lots of money, hundreds of thousands of dollars I've invested in my coaching career, literally. But I was investing big before I was charging big. There was a period of time when I was putting coaches on a pedestal and saying, they're charging that, but what warrants me to charge that? So I would have started charging premium earlier than I did, knowing that it was okay. That it's okay. From the very beginning. From the very beginning. From the very beginning. It does not matter that you are new. You're still going to help that person Mm -hmm. to charge. The other thing that I think I would do differently or realize is I could have gone to group coaching faster than I did. Mm. I stayed in the one-on-one space way too long. Really? I thought that clients would not get the same results if they did not meet with me one-on-one. And that could not be further from the truth. When I started putting them in groups out of really out of force, because I just could not take on any more one-on-one clients. I had a waiting list. I'd already, you know, skyrocketed my prices. And I'm like, I've got to do something. I didn't, I one, didn't think people would sign up. And two, I wasn't, I just wasn't sure how to, how to facilitate it all. Mm-hmm. When I first announced my first group coaching program, 53 people signed up and I was like, oh brother, here we go. Right. Awesome. 53 people signed up for that first time. Mm-hmm. So I would go into group coaching faster because they feed off of each other and they don't feel like they're in it alone. They see, you know, say if you invite 12 people into your first program as a group, they see 11 other people that are on the same path as they are. And so it allows them to open up more and gives them more comfort on their journey. So I, I took too long mm-hmm. to facilitate that. hmm I get what you're saying about um, almost thinking, well, they won't get the same level of results if I move to group from one, like thinking of one-on-one as the highest way to serve someone. I had to kind of come out of that myself because I I tell my writers, um, whatever you're feeling while you're writing the book is what your readers will feel when they read the book. So if you feel overwhelmed and confused in the writing of it, your reader is going to pick up the book and like, I'm so overwhelmed and confused as I'm reading it. And I think for a coach, it's like, if you think your group program won't work, your clients are going to get into it and they're going to like, this doesn't work. This doesn't work, right. You have to just believe I'm creating a space to serve my clients at the highest level. And I believe group is best for them. And you just coach yourself into believing this is best for them. So that self-coaching, I want to ask you about self-coaching. How, what does that look like in your life? In my life, I have had to identify when I'll say the devil is rearing his ugly head and say, all right, there's that feeling. There's that inkling. Let me just stop. Let me close my laptop. Let me do whatever it is that I can do to take myself out of that space. You know, but you you have to you have to be tuned in with with yourself and your desires, and you know, mm-hmm. always go back to like what what is my north star? Why mm-hmm. am I doing this? What is my purpose? Do you journal every day or anything like that? As a I journal, not necessarily every day, but I do meditate. So I would say journaling of the mind. Mm-hmm. You know, 
it, it's important to have that still time and uh, to self-reflect on, okay, well, what am I, what am I, let me tap in, what am I building here? Where are the loopholes? Where are the bottlenecks for growth? How many people am I reaching? Is that how many people I said I wanted to reach? Is that enough? Mm-hmm. How am I showing up? How am I playing small? So, so good. As we wrap up, I would love for um, my listeners and my writers to hear how they could stay connected to you or, or learn from you. If, if they're interested in hiring a coach so that they can begin their journey as a coach, what is their next step? Yeah, you can head over to my website at coachkellyj.com. It's C-O-A-C-H-K-E-L-L-Y, just the letter J.com. And of course, you can always join me on Instagram at Coach Kelly J or on YouTube at Coach Kelly J on demand. I just highly recommend if any of you are um, are looking to expand your influence now that you have a book and you want like to have maximum impact, it will surprise you how effective you are as a coach almost right away. Yes. And that book is a huge builder of authority. People feel like when you have a book, okay, she must know what she's talking about or he must know what they're talking about. And they may never crack open the book. We hope they do. But even if they don't, the fact that you have one says that you know what you're talking about, right? Exactly. Right. Right. Such a pleasure that you've been on the podcast today. I'm honored. And like I said, you're 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 just a beautiful example of what's possible for a woman who truly does know her worth. And that's one of the reasons I look to you so often. So it's it's a thrill that you get to speak to my writers today. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you for having me. Are you subscribed to my YouTube channel yet? I love creating weekly lessons that will bring value and insight to you on your writing, publishing, and book marketing journey. When you listen to my podcast, you learn through your ears. But when you watch my YouTube channel, you learn through your eyes and your ears, making double the impact in half the time. See you over on YouTube.